Hello there and welcome to the podcast Biblical Question. Today we're going to talk about dangerous activities. Dangerous activities. I hope you have a Bible and would like to follow along. I will be great. I think it's good for you to do so if you have one available. Dangerous activities. Do you believe you can talk to someone who is crossed over to the other side? There's many articles I've read. The numbers around 40% of Americans say they have made contact with the dead. Many people said they have felt the presence of someone who has crossed over. They've heard a voice, felt a light touch, and have seen visual images of their lost loved ones. The fact is our culture is fascinated with movies such as I See Dead People, The Haunting, The Lion King, Harry Potter, and the television is just full of one-hour shows and episodes such as Ghost Hunters, Crossing Over, The Supernatural, Ghost Adventures, Psychic King, Psychic Kids, Mediums, and Charmed. And this is just a handful of television shows that I found when I did an internet search. Let's not overlook reading your horoscope, going to a palm reader, playing a Ouija board game, and the Magic 8-Ball. So what do you think? Do you and I see these types of shows as just entertainment, or do you see a, a different motive behind them? I want to begin with a story out of the Old Testament in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. The central figure here in chapter 28 is a man by the name of Saul. And God has chosen uh, Saul to be the first king of Israel. And during his reign, Saul enjoyed the blessings of God up until the time he failed to carry out God's directive concerning uh, his enemy. Instead of destroying all of his enemy, the Amalekites, and their possessions, Saul allowed the enemy's king to live, and he looted the best sheep and cattle, the fattened calves and lambs. And when he got caught by the prophet Samuel, he lied about what he had done. The action displeased the Lord, and eventually it resulted in the kingdom being taken away from Saul and given to David. The prophet Samuel pronounced this judgment on Saul and refused to see him the rest of his life. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 35, the New American Standard update says, Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death. For Samuel grieved over Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. From this time forward, Saul's life was marked by fear, jealousy, and rage. He will wade through periods of depression and paranoia. And years later, Saul will find himself in a conflict with another enemy, the Philistines. 
By this time the prophet Samuel was dead, and Saul was desperate for some kind of a word from God, some kind of a message from God. And let's pick up this story now in 1 Samuel chapter 28, starting in verse 3. Now Samuel was dead, and all of Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had removed from the land those who were mediums, and the Philistines gathered together and came and camped. And Saul gathered all of Israel together, and they camped in, in, in Gilbeah. When Saul saw the camp of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. You see, Saul realized that he was preparing to face his greatest enemy without God's blessings. And Saul had always had the blessings of God in the past before going into battle. Saul had some regrets, but never really turned from his wicked lifestyle. Saul was desperate. And so what do desperate people generally do? They pray. Verse 6 says, When Saul inquired of the Lord, in other words, Saul prayed, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by urims or prophets. Again, so here we have, Saul praying, but his sin became a barrier which kept God from answering him. And if you look closely at this verse, you'll see there's a regression here of faith on Saul's behalf. First of all, Saul tried to talk to God one-on-one -on -one through prayer. This is a very acceptable practice. But God did not answer Saul because his heart was not right with the Lord. Secondly, after he could not hear God, uh, he lowers the standards just a little, and he sought some form of a dream or revelation. Thirdly, here, Saul, he will go consult somebody who can tell the fortunes. That's what we would call them today, a Urim. They would use these stones and some say that they were just flat discs that had a yes on one side and a no on the other. But when the stones were thrown and they agreed uh, on the answer, that's what it was. It was clear. If they disagreed, further guidance might be sought. And this is what Saul uh, would like to do here. He, we would call them tarot cards or Ouija boards again today. And if Saul had only sought the forgiveness of his sins, perhaps God really would have spoken to him. He failed to humble himself before God and fell further into sin. Saul's uneasiness, it progresses from fear to terror to really almost sheer panic. And Saul feels that he has no other option except to try some other unconventional way to try to get God's attention, to to hear God's voice. In 1 Samuel again, chapter 18, verse 7. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there's a woman who is a medium at Endor. Again, a medium is a fortune teller with 
some kind of a demonic power that enables him or her to to mimic a personality or or to create a, a known situation. It appears they might have some insider powers. But the Bible often refers to a medium as familiar spirits. Saul knew the scriptures, what they've been taught. He knew that God forbid such things. You want to go home over here, or if you're at home and you're studying with along with us, uh, go read Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 10 through 12. And there you'll see God really warns the people of Israel before entering the promised land. They are not to have anything to do with such activities. So Saul knew that it was wrong, but he chose to do it anyway. Chapter uh, 28 of 1 Samuel again, starting in verse 8. So Saul would disguise himself by putting on other clothes, and he went... And he and the two men went with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, Conjure up for me, please, and bring up for me whom I shall name to you. But the woman said to him, Behold, you know what Saul has done? He has cut off those who are mediums and spiritists from the land. Why are you then laying a snare for my life to bring about my death? Verse 10, Saul vowed to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. Verse 12, And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out in a loud voice, and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. The king said to her, Don't be afraid, but what do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a divine being coming up out of the earth. He said to her, What is his form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he's wrapped with a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel. And he bowed with his face to the ground and did homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am greatly distressed, for the Philistines are waging war against me, and, and God has departed from me and no longer answers me, either through prophets or by dreams. Therefore I have called you to make known to me what I should do. And Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since the Lord has departed from you? and has become your adversary. The Lord has done according as he spoke through me, for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, to David. As you did not obey the Lord and did not execute his fierce wrath on the Amalekite, so the Lord has done this thing to you this day. And in verse 19, Moreover, the Lord also will give Israel along into your hands to the Philistines. Therefore tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Indeed the Lord will give over the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. You see when the woman sees Samuel, she, she shrieks. She, she not only recognizes Samuel, she now recognizes that the one who's asked her to bring Samuel up from the grave 
is none other than Saul himself. Needless to say, uh, Samuel doesn't really appear to be happy to be there. And Saul begins justifying again his sinful actions by telling Samuel how distressed he is. It is though that Saul is saying, I just had to call you, Samuel. You have to tell me what to do. I know it's against God's law, but Samuel, this is an emergency. Isn't it interesting how Saul justifies breaking God's law because he's in a difficult situation? Have you and I, have we ever tried to justify our own sin? And most of us do, and I'm going to say yes. Even Adam and Eve tried to justify their sin. They, they blamed on everybody else except themselves. And since that day forward, every day, mankind has always tried to justify or talk their way out of the sin. Samuel's not impressed, really. I mean, if you go read the text closely, he does not tell Saul what to do. In fact, he rebukes Saul for asking him to speak for God. Saul has made his own bed, and God's going to let Saul lie in it. But since Saul had gone to the effort of having uh, Samuel come back up out of the grave, Samuel tells Saul what's going to happen to him and why. And the very next day the prophecy comes true and Saul is fatally wounded and eventually falls on his own sword. So what lessons can you and I learn from this story? I'll cover those in just a moment, but... Before we go there, let me ask a question. Can we talk to the dead? Well, yes, I, I believe it's possible to talk to the dead. But if it were not possible, God would not have given us such a warning not to do these type of activities. Everything is possible, but it's not profitable. The, the, the CIA spent $20 million from 1972 to 1994 on psychics. They were stationed there in Fort Meade, in the Maryland base there. And they concluded that psychics were correct less than 25% of the time. You and I, we need to learn the lessons from Saul and his psychic experience and talking to the dead or wanting to see somebody who has died. First of all, we need to remove any barrier that hinders the relationship that we have with God. I don't know what those barriers are, but you do. Saul's barrier was unconfessed sin. His sin blocked God's ability to communicate with him. The New Testament says it very clearly in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. And do not give the devil a foothold. When we open the door to evil influences, when we expose ourselves to tarot cards, horoscopes, palm reading, seances, in any really communication with psychics, 
This is really something that godly Christian people do not do. When we allow this door to be, to open, uh, we're facing some very dangerous forces that are very real. You might say, well, it's out of fun. It's out of curiosity. However, God's word is clear and says it should be avoided. Yet you and I are not to do that. Secondly, rather, let, let's seek a deeper relationship with Christ. And there you will find what you have been looking for all along. How does God talk to us today or speak to us today? Well, He speaks through uh, the Bible. And all we have to do is open it up and begin to read. We need to study it. And I'm not talking about, well, let's just study a book for a couple of months uh, on Wednesday night or Sunday morning. I, I know there was a congregation years ago that I served, and we were in Proverbs. And, and I made mention at the beginning of the class that we would be in Proverbs for at least a year. And they all agreed that it was probably a good thing to, to get deep into the book, to have a deeper understanding of it. Well, within just a few months, they were complaining that they were bored, and the, the book really didn't have any application to them or to us today. And it was for basic Christians who had no knowledge and understanding. Folks, I'm telling you, every book of the Bible needs to be studied in depth, and I, I love word studies and getting out my interlinear and my Greek dictionary and and trying to find out what those words really meant in their original language. Studying the culture of the day to, to understand how a Jew might be thinking. Or how did Moses think as an Egyptian and, and so on. The Bible is not like reading yesterday's sports page or the, the headlines of the front page of the local paper. It takes time and effort on our part to study and get into the Word. I encourage you, you know, it's kind of like peanut butter and jelly. They go together. Prayer and studying the Word. They just, they really do. They just go together. You and I can find every answer to those popular questions asked every day by studying the Word. What kind of spouse should I marry? When should I marry her? How should I handle a business transaction? How do we raise our children? The list goes on and on. What about the most important question? How can I be saved from the wrath to come? Or how do I get back in, into God's good graces? But folks, God is always wanting His people to, to return to Him and ask for forgiveness. He he really wants all of us to spend life with Him for eternity. We're, we're on this earth for just a very short time in reality. He loved us so much, He sent Christ, His Son, to, to live a perfect life, to teach us the message, but most importantly, despite teachings of the day, 
His function also was to die, to bleed and suffer in our place. He was that Lamb of God, that sacrifice for all of our sins, that they may be cleansed and washed away, that on the day of judgment we could stand justified in front of the throne of judgment. That we're justified means to be made right. You and I cannot make ourselves right. Only God can do that through the blood of Christ. I would encourage you to to be washed in the blood, to who, truly know who God is. Find a really good scriptural uh, foundation, a, a congregation somewhere. Get to know people in the church, their strength in numbers, and realize not everybody's perfect, not even the preacher. But help each other and encourage one another. And like Paul says, do not give the devil a foothold. Because if he sees a crack in your armor, he will enter. Saul had a crack in his armor, and it cost him in his kingdom and his life, and not hearing from God. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. You can find out more about us at biblicalquestion.com, biblicalquestion.com. And there you'll find information about us a little more. We're continuing to improve the, the web page and, and work on it. You can also send us your questions uh, that we hope to answer over the podcast. We have gotten one question, like I said last week, and we're working on that answer. And we're hoping to have a several more, and we can make one podcast with more than just one question. And again, I pray for us that God will bless us and continue to have the, uh, the time and the energy to do such uh, activity as this podcast. And we pray that this has been encouraging for you as well. And may God bless.